Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, the Bible gives us many details about the wonderful event of the birth of the Son of God. We are told about Zechariah and Elizabeth in Luke 1, parents of John the Baptist, and about the shepherds in the field, about Simeon and about the prophetess Anna, and about the Magi from the East. We're also given many details about Mary, the mother of Jesus, especially about her strong faith and her quiet acceptance of what is about to happen. And further on, we are given many more details about her life during the ministry of the Lord Jesus. But what about Joseph, his life? his role, his faith. We don't hear all that much about him, do we? It's almost as if his role is not all that important, as if he is peripheral to the story with little to contribute. Oh, sure, he is pictured as a good and considerate man. That's about all. It appears that he hardly knows what's going on, even being left in the dark about the pregnancy of Mary. Most explainers of the Bible would even have you believe that Joseph thought that his wife actually committed adultery and that for that reason he wanted to divorce her. But is that really true? What did Joseph know? What kind of man was he? What exactly was his role in all this? That's what I want to preach you about. It's about Joseph's faithful conduct with the birth of the Son of God. And then we will see three things. We will see that Joseph is put before a difficult choice. Secondly, that he is given a wonderful revelation. And thirdly, that Joseph is given a blessed command. So then he's put before a difficult choice. The text tells us that Mary, who's about to become the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ, was betrothed to Joseph. Other translations state that he was pledged to be married to her. Neither rendition gives a complete picture of their legal status. That is because the kind of situation described here is not familiar to us. The fact is that they were already married. The only thing that had not yet taken place was the consummation of the marriage, and they still lived apart. So how do we explain this? Well, it was the custom of that day that a betrothal take place before the actual wedding ceremony. So what happens with a betrothal? Well, before the actual marriage, a dowry had to be paid, which brought with it legal obligations that needed to be negotiated by the two families. And so witnesses were also needed to ensure that the proper commitments would be adhered to. At the time, at that time, the wedding date would also be announced. In the meantime, the couple would be betrothed. 
but they would not yet be able to live together as husband and wife. That could happen only after the wedding ceremony. Such a wedding feast was quite an elaborate event for which many preparations had to be made. The time before the final wedding ceremony might then still take some time. But the fact of the matter is that in the meantime, they were still legally married. The only way that the union could now be undone would be through a divorce. Now, the text in Matthew tells us about Joseph and the dilemma that he faces. He discovers that his betrothed is pregnant. He knows that he is not the father. Now, how do you think Joseph finds out about her pregnancy? Do you think he found that out through the grapevine? Did others whisper that in his ear? Did Mary just leave him guessing as to what happened? That's highly unlikely. And let me tell you why. Look at the kinds of people we are dealing with in this passage. The Bible tells us that both Mary and Joseph are righteous and God-fearing people. And so they had a good and open relationship with the Lord their God, and therefore, no doubt, also with each other. We are told in Luke 1, verse 56, that during her betrothal, Mary was with her relative, Elizabeth, for about three months. After that, she went home. And wonderful things had happened to her during that time. An angel of the Lord had appeared to her and told her that she would become pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And so, when she became pregnant, she knew that she was still a virgin. She knew that it was from the Holy Spirit. Now, what do you think? Do you really think that she would not have spoken to Joseph about these things? Of course she did. Although he will have had many questions, Joseph believed her story. He knew the kind of girl he was pledged to be married to. He knew that she was a girl of honesty and integrity. And not only that, Mary just came from her relatives, Zechariah and Elizabeth. They were a highly respected couple, and they were witnesses as to Mary's conduct during those three months that she was with them. Miraculous things had happened. Elizabeth herself received a child in her old age. But the real miracle concerned the pregnancy of Mary. Elizabeth, her relative, knew how special Mary was. Her baby leaped in her womb as soon as Mary came into her presence. Elizabeth knew that Mary was favored by God. Well, listen to what she says to Mary after their first meeting. She says, And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? 1 verse 43. Calls Mary 
the mother of my Lord. Elizabeth knew that Mary carried a special child from God. And do you think that Elizabeth kept quiet about these things? Oh, no. She told friends and family all about the miraculous happenings concerning herself and Zechariah, but also concerning Mary. That's clear from Luke 1, verse 65, where we read that the neighbors were all filled with fear, or as another translation says, with awe. They were full of awe. And that all these things were talked about to, the, to all the hill country of Judea. All these things were talked about. So Joseph, of all people, would certainly have known. And not from others, no doubt from Mary directly herself. And Joseph dearly loved his wife. And so he undoubtedly knew that she was carrying a special child of God. Now what? He has a choice to make. And it's a difficult one. Can you imagine? He thinks, what role do I have in all this? How can I now be part of the picture? God has claimed my wife. He has caused her to be pregnant. Joseph has nothing to contribute under these circumstances, so he thinks. To Joseph, his relationship with God is very important to him. He has great respect for the work of the Holy Spirit. And so now, what must I do? Should I stay married to her? Or should I divorce her? And he decides the latter. He must bow out of the situation. He feels that there is no other way. However, he does not want to damage Mary's reputation in any way. He just wants to fade into the background. Well, how to do that? He could publicly divorce her, but that involved a legal process. And that would draw negative attention to Mary's pregnancy. The reason for the divorce would be made public her pregnancy. She could then be accused of adultery, which he knew was not true. So he wants to divorce her quietly. He does not want to make any claims on her. The best thing to do, he reasoned, would be to hand her a bill of divorce and thereby dismissing her quietly without involving any legal process. If Joseph would have thought for one moment that his wife had committed adultery, then he would have had the right to be jealous and angry. He would have had every right to publicly de to divorce her, but he didn't. Why not? Because he knew she was innocent. They had talked together. They were close together. They loved each other. They knew what was happening. And now, God wonderfully intervenes. Joseph must let Joseph must let go. As the text says, Joseph is Joseph is a just man. 
for a righteous man. He must let God do his work. And in order to that, for that to happen, Joseph thought that the best solution is to divorce her. However, before that, he is given a wonderful revelation. Second point. An angel appears to Joseph in a, in a dream and tells him not to be afraid to take home Mary as his wife. He must not be afraid. The angel does not say that he must overcome his feelings of anger and resentment because of the situation. No, he must not fear. Not to be afraid. Why? Well, in spite of the fact that the baby in the womb of Mary has been placed there by God himself, God does want him to be involved in the upbringing and care of this child after all. And he gives him a very important task. He must now be the legal earthly father of that child. God had chosen him to raise this very special child to nurture and to teach him and to love him as his own. He is to be the husband of Mary, the mother of Jesus, son of God. Can you imagine, brothers and sisters? What a great moment for Joseph. He can actually go through with the marriage of the wonderful girl that he loves. He can be fully involved in the wonderful things that are about to take place. The Lord God has found favor with him as well. And the angel also confirms what he already knew, namely that what is conceived in Mary is indeed from the Holy Spirit. In the Greek language, the word holy is emphasized. He only refers to purity. Holy emphasizes that God is involved. This is not some everyday occurrence. No, it is a most wonderful and extraordinary thing that will happen. And it's also clear from the name that the angel wants him to give the child. He says that he will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel. It means, as the angel says, God with us. Joseph knew what that meant. He also knew the significance of that name. And that name was first mentioned in the Old Testament in the prophecy of Isaiah, which we just read together. That time Judah was being squeezed by the two powerful nations of Israel and Syria. Their two kings, Pekah and Rezin, wanted to destroy the house of David and put a king of their choice on the throne. Ahaz, who was the king of Judah, was urged by the prophet Isaiah to put his trust in the Lord. He did not have to be afraid of Israel and Syria and their two kings. God will deliver him, and God will deliver Judah out of their hand they will not be allowed to carry out their wicked plans. Ahaz, however, wanted to take things into his own hand. He wanted to forge an alliance with another country, with Assyria. He wanted to stand strong with that wicked nation against the other two. Isaiah warns him 
not to do that. Warns him not to be afraid, to trust in God. In order to strengthen him in his faith and to encourage him, Isaiah tells Ahaz to ask God for a sign that God will be with him. God will confirm his faithfulness to the house of David. But what does Ahaz do? Well, he'd rather do his own thing. And so he feigns humility and gives a pious excuse for not wanting such a sign. On hearing this, Isaiah is full of indignation at his answer from King Ahaz. And then he comes to him with the word of God, saying, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Who is this Emmanuel? Well, that's never really made abundantly clear in Isaiah. Ahaz had to know that God would not allow the line of David to be eradicated. That was the main message. He had to know that even though he be faithless, God is faithful. And that is what Emmanuel had to mean to him. God with us. Always and forever. But what is somewhat obscure in the Old Testament is made totally clear in the New. Now here in this New Testament passage, we see that the name Emmanuel is to be given to that child that is to be born to Joseph and Mary. It will have its great fulfillment in the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. God was with his people throughout the Old Testament and is and will always be with his people also in the New Testament. And so what a wonderful thing for Joseph to know. Son will be called Emmanuel, God with us. And also for us to know today, brothers and sisters, for that child Emmanuel was born in Bethlehem some more than 2,000 years ago. He lived and died. He died for our sakes. For with his death, he conquered sin and all the effects of sin. But he rose into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of God. And now he is still God with us. He's God with us when we're sick. Great healer. He's God with us when we mourn the death of our loved ones. For our loved ones who die in the Lord are now with him in heaven, where there is no more pain and no more sorrow. He is God with us also during terrible illnesses and afflictions. When he says to you, you have cancer. You may not have long to live. God is with us in all things. He is with us when we are depressed and lonely, for he hears us when we pray to him. He comforts us with his word and spirit. Even in the midst of darkness, his light shines. And he is God with us when we are overcome with our sins, when we despair because we fall into the same sins. 
time and again as you and I do. And he tells us that he forgives us. He tells us that he is with us and that his face is turned towards us. He loves us in spite of it all. And he is God with us when we have marital problems or family problems. For he gives us his healing spirit. He reminds us of what it means to have a covenant with him and with each other. And he guides us with his word and spirit And he is with us when death stares us in the face. He gives you hope. Eternal hope. What a wonderful revelation. What a wonderful revelation for Joseph and Mary and for you and for me. After this revelation, Joseph is also given a command by the angel. Last point. First place, he is to call the baby Jesus. And the second place, he is to take Mary home as his wife. Name Jesus, as you know, is also a very significant name. And the angel explains why. He's to be called Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Brothers and sisters, what a tremendous moment in the history of God's people. That is what God's people have been waiting for for thousands of years, ever since sin came into the world in paradise. God's people have been waiting for this moment in the history when the Messiah would come and defeat that old serpent, Satan. And now that moment has come, and it is announced to that ordinary carpenter, from Nazareth. God gives a wonderful message of salvation, not to the high and mighty, but to the lowly citizen. He gives that message of salvation also to you and to me. As long as you believe, as long as you put your trust in him. Joseph is called just, righteous, Not because he is not a sinner, not at all. Joseph needed to be redeemed from his sins just like everybody else. Joseph is not righteous of himself, but because of God. God is merciful to him, to you and to me. But you must also be obedient to God, brothers and sisters. You have to respond to his demands. That's why we also read the ten words of the covenant. But we read them with the knowledge of the redemption. And Joseph, he is obedient. He responds. He loves the Lord his God. He shows that also in his actions. He does as the angel commands him. He takes Mary his he, he takes Mary home as his wife. Again, what a great day that is for Joseph. That's what he has been waiting for. He longed to be with his wife, to hold her and to love her. But then we read the remarkable statement that he did not have union with her until she gave birth to the child. After the wedding, he had every right to have sexual relations with her. After all, they're now legally married. The restrictions are gone. And we do not read anywhere that the Lord forbade him to have relations with his wife. Even though she was pregnant, such relations would have been normal. That would not have been harmful to the baby, at least not 
until well into the pregnancy. As it is, though, they abstained. No doubt that will have been a great sacrifice to Joseph and to Mary as well. But it shows their strong faith. For what healthy young man does not dream about holding his new bride in a loving embrace and expressing his love in the most intimate way? Joseph was no different. But he held himself back. He had great reverence for the work of the Holy Spirit. He knew that it had to be absolutely clear that the, that work of God in the womb of Mary was indeed God's work. That child would come into the world not through the will of man, but through the will of God. And so, brothers and sisters, Joseph was no fringe player in all this. No, no. God gave him a most wonderful and important task. He was chosen to be the legal father of the Son of God the husband of Mary, God's child. And when the time came for the child to be born, Joseph did exactly as the angel told him. He named the baby Jesus. And so do, in so doing, he confessed that that child will save his people from their sins. Joseph knew that this was so. He believed. He believed God, put his trust in him, and through that child, all who believe will be saved. Isn't that good news? That's the message of Christmas. What a wonderful message. Emmanuel, God with us. He is with us forever and ever. Amen.